This is the BizWest Podcast, a rundown of the news and trends driving business in Northern Colorado and the Boulder Valley. I'm Dan Micah. The BizWest Podcast is brought to you by Charter Technology, offering dependable, custom-tailored IT services for an array of businesses in Northern Colorado. In today's world, you can't afford to lose a day or even hours waiting for your IT company to call you back or get to your ticket. That's where we come in. Visit chartertech.com. We've got election results for you, dear listener, but not the ones that you're probably hoping to get relatively soon, uh, not the ones that will determine who will be sworn in as president come January. We here at BizWest stayed up long into Tuesday night watching some of the ballot measures that matter most in northern Colorado and the Boulder Valley, and we have a wrap-up and results and analysis for you in rapid succession today with executive editor Chris Wood, managing editor Ken Amundsen, and fellow reporter to me, Lucas High. Let's just jump right into it. Chris Wood, hello. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm good. Welcome back from the dead. I think we were all uh, a little bit in the dead after uh, uh, a long, long uh, Tuesday night, although not as uh, as long in Colorado as uh, in some other states. So, Chris, you spent a lot of your uh, Tuesday night looking at uh, some of the down ballot measures, the tax ballot measures that were occurring uh, across northern Colorado and across the Boulder area uh, in terms of uh, cities asking uh, their residents to add uh, or renew taxes. So let's do a, a lightning round. What's what are kind of the big ones that uh, you think everyone needs to know about? Yeah, Dan. So we can why don't we jump into the BizWest helicopter and we'll kind of survey the Boulder Valley in northern Colorado. It won't, it won't be a very fuel efficient route because uh, we're going to jump all over the place. But one of the, one of the things that we've seen a lot in recent years in in Colorado overall is a push for municipal broadband. And there's a quirk in state law, a provision in state law that was enacted years ago at the behest of the telecommunications industry, really restricting a municipality's ability to provide municipal broadband. Uh, that actually requires a vote of the people. The people have to allow the city, uh, any city, to engage in that enterprise. And we've seen a lot of that happen. Uh, dozens of cities have voted uh, on that in recent years. And we see in Longmont, we've got Nextlight and Fort Collins Connection and Loveland Pulse. These are all systems that are being built out right now to provide very SS, high speed SS internet. Park as well. And SS Park, you're right. Uh, so another city has just uh, voted to allow the town uh, to provide that potentially. So Berthed, uh, as of uh, 1.14 p.m. Wednesday, uh, that was being supported by about 77% of the people. So it looks like uh, Berthoud could be getting into into the municipal broadband business. So uh, there's our our first one. That was the only broadband one uh, on the the ballot uh, here this time. Uh, and then if you uh, look at uh, uh, Boulder, I know uh, Lucas High will be talking to you about the whole municipalization and Excel franchise agreement, but Boulder had a couple of other measures that were worth noting. And one is a requirement that no residential evictions can occur without the 
party being represented, without the tenant being represented uh, in in hearings. So that program will be paid for by a $75 excise tax to be paid by landlords. And uh, that was uh, being uh, supported by about 59% of residents. So that one is, uh, has, uh, is going forward. And then also in Boulder, uh, another measure that uh, received overwhelming support was a vote that provides for direct election of the mayor. Uh, currently, the mayor in Boulder is selected by a vote of city council, and the mayor is a member of city council. But voters have overwhelmingly endorsed direct election of the mayor by ranked choice voting with 78% of the vote. So a uh, big change in Boulder in terms of how the mayor is elected. Also, uh, across the country, the uh, marijuana, uh, one of Colorado's, um, you know, few uh, dominant industries that it has a, a kind of a holdover was on the ballot. New Jersey and Arizona both voted to legalize marijuana. Uh, but there were also a couple of uh, marijuana related ballot issues uh, down the front range. That's right. Uh, we had uh, one in Fort Lupton. Uh, so Fort Lupton had two measures on the ballot. One was to permit the establishment of retail marijuana stores and medical marijuana operations. And uh, that was being supported by about 59% of the people uh, as of Wednesday afternoon. And then a separate measure to establish a sales tax, a retail marijuana sales tax, was also favored by about 56%. Um, uh, Down a little bit uh, southwest of there in Broomfield, uh, we had a similar measure uh, to impose a tax on marijuana sales. That is supposed to generate about $2.2 million annually, and that was supported by 59% of voters as of uh, as of Wednesday afternoon. So uh, voters in Fort Lupton and Broomfield saying yes to uh, marijuana or marijuana taxes. And I think uh, quite a few voters elsewhere were saying no to uh, additional taxes uh, on lodging. Yeah, uh, we had a, a provision in a proposal in Windsor that would have created a 3% lodging tax that they said would have generated more than $65,000 a year that would be used to promote local businesses and tourism conventions, that sort of thing. That measure uh, has, as of Wednesday afternoon, uh, seen about 50, almost uh, 55 percent opposed to that measure. So not quite done yet, but uh, not looking very good. We have a very tight race on a similar proposal in Eaton in Weld County, just north of Greeley. Uh, uh, Eaton residents were voting on a 4% lodging tax. That was very narrowly ahead as of Wednesday afternoon by 49 votes. So 50.8% of the population voting in favor of that. It was kind of an interesting proposal given that there, as far as I know, and I'm a former Eaton resident, there is only one hotel in the town of Eaton. Uh, that proposal, if it if it carries, um, and it is ahead right now by about uh, almost 50 votes, uh, that would generate about $26,000 uh, in its first year. 
and in the interest of uh, time stamping, because uh, we kind of work on the delay here, this uh, th- that is accurate as of uh, 3.25 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, so I would encourage all of our readers to check out the poll results at that time. Uh, I'll also throw something in the show notes if anything changes on that. Uh, Chris, anything else? Anything else on the hodgepodge that you think is was interesting? Well, there's a few tax measures, and, and we have kind of a, a very mixed bag in terms of other tax measures that were on uh, on the ballot in, in various communities. In Greeley, uh, voters seem to support an extension of a sales tax on food. That uh, is uh, has won. It's uh, up by uh, it's up with 72 percent support. Um, so that would extend the current sales tax on food through 2026. So voters in Greeley saying yes to that. Um, uh, voters in uh, Loveland, however, rejected an increase in the city sales tax from 3% to 4%. That was uh, failing uh, by with about uh, 58%, 59% of votes opposed. Um, and then we have in um uh, let's see here, Dan. I'm looking over a couple of things. We did have a proposal in Louisville to create a 25% fee on sale of disposable bags. So, you know, Boulder has a fee on plastic bags. I think it's uh, 10%. Uh, there was a very short-lived tax, uh, similar tax in Fort Collins before city council repealed that. But voters in Louisville have given, uh, looks like overwhelming approval to a very large, uh, hefty 25 cent fee on disposable bags. Uh, That was uh, being supported with about 66% of the vote as of Wednesday afternoon. So uh, we also did see um, in Longmont, uh, voters did approve uh, a an $80 million debt measure to fund improvements to the water system. That was being supported by 80% of uh, residents. But uh, it kind of depends on what city you're looking at and whether it was uh, new or existing tax in terms of uh, uh a, a renewal of something that was already uh, occurring. Uh, it did, does look like uh, in Broomfield, residents were not up for what's called debrucing. Uh, there was a proposal that would uh, allow the city council to annually adjust future mill levies without a vote of the public. And that went down uh, big time uh, with uh, 68% opposed as of Wednesday afternoon. You know, you, you mentioned it. You know, this makes bad. There, there seems to be a very interesting dichotomy in this particular election. Uh, at the statewide level, uh, Prop B passed, and uh, we also have the uh, paid family leave uh, effort that passed as well. So it, it seemed, you know, in, in this cycle in particular, the Coloradans really fell open to you know opening up their wallets a little bit more after. Uh, you know, decades of, of, you know, Tabor still being in effect. And, you know, as we know, in um, uh, last year, uh, the, the effort to uh, do more uh, Tabor uh, type repeals that failed. Yeah, absolutely. It, and uh, that's gone down in flames uh, many times in terms of an outright uh, repeal of Tabor. Uh, in, uh, individual communities have voted to de-Bruce, which basically uh, frees a, a government, a municipality or a county or a governmental body from going back to a vote of uh, from having to refund taxes uh, that were collected in excess of Tabor limits. So that's been pretty common uh, in individual communities. But when 
that was attempted to be done at the statewide level, that was overwhelmingly rejected. Gallagher, which predates Tabor, but which interacts with Tabor, uh, there, I, I don't believe there's any way Gallagher would have been repealed in, in most past years over, over the past couple of, uh, decades. Uh, it would have widespread support. What's different now, I think, is that residential property tax rates are so low uh, compared to what they used to be. It, 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 it's, it's really of less impact to, to the uh, to property owners, to residential property owners. It just prevents the, the problem from getting worse in terms of the dis- disparity between residential taxes and commercial taxes, which commercial properties are taxed at a far higher rate. I believe it's 29% in Colorado. So it just keeps it from getting worse, which uh, I, and, and it does doesn't directly hike taxes, uh, property taxes on uh, individuals right now. Uh, so I think that that led to uh, the support of, of that repeal. Chris Wood is the executive editor of BizWest. Chris, thanks for coming on and giving us the, uh, the Thunderdome lightning round of tax policy. Absolute, Dan. We'll uh, get this helicopter landed. The BizWest podcast is brought to you by Char Technology, offering dependable, custom-tailored IT services for an array of businesses in northern Colorado. In today's world, you can't afford to lose a day or even hours waiting for your IT company to call you back or get to your ticket. That's where we come in. Visit chartertech.com. Ken Amundsen, hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. I am on. Uh, I'm. I'm on a bit of a coffee rush, trying to uh, wake back up. Um, you know, I think a lot of people had a late night, including me, on Tuesday. Um, but we do know if there are. You know, there are there are certain uh, races that uh, are still undecided as of three uh, thirty on Wednesday. But uh, there is one important one in Colorado that. Uh, one decisively, and that is uh, the measure to, uh, and that is Propos- Proposition B, to the effort to repeal the Gallagher Amendment. Uh, Ken, this was your kind of your, your big uh, uh, focus point uh, on Tuesday night. Walk us through what happened and, um, you know, just kind of the, as I understand, the, the surprise on, on both sides um, when the votes came in and, and it won with a pretty commanding margin. Uh, yes, I think uh, virtually everyone was surprised when it came in. Uh, and, you know, the final vote, or at least the preliminarily final vote, was uh, 57% in favor statewide. Um, proponents and opponents both thought it was going to fail. Um, they talked about this privately, of course, not in public, but they, uh, um, the proponents thought it was a, an uphill battle, but they had to try it. Uh, the opponents didn't put money into it because they thought it was going to fail anyway. So why spend money on it? And so they were quite surprised when it uh, when it did pass, especially at that margin. So what does this mean going forward for uh, a lot of the uh, uh, the counties and the municipalities that uh, now have a little bit more flexibility in how they um, and how they they go about collecting property taxes? What you know when, when this comes into effect what do you think we'll see and and you know how that money is going to be moved around yeah i'm not sure that the the counties and the cities 
uh, school districts and so forth have a whole lot more flexibility. It has, it's a major, uh, improvement, a major benefit to businesses because they no longer will be, uh, well, they'll still be paying an outsized share of the total property taxes collected, but it's, it's not going to continue to escalate, escalate like it has been. Um, there will be some impacts. The, the, uh, residential and commercial will, um, their, their assessment rates will be at least frozen for the time being. Uh, voters will have to approve whether those uh, assessment rates will increase in the in the future. Um, but uh, it it definitely kind of changes the dynamic somewhat where businesses aren't uh, expected to carry so much of the load when it comes to property taxes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were also paying attention to uh, another uh, statewide ballot issue that. Um uh, also, that was that's also uh, pretty tied to businesses as well. Uh, Colorado is going to uh, form a paid family leave program. Yeah, that was uh, Proposition One Eighteen, and um, this one goes the other way. When it term in terms of business, it's uh, kind of a negative factor for businesses because businesses of a certain size and their employees of including employees of businesses of all sizes will be taxed to create a new benefit for businesses business people uh, for the employees so they can take paid family leave and uh, paid medical leave um, and so it, it essentially it's sort of a tax on businesses and employees to um, create this benefit um, it's, that's obviously negative during a pandemic or maybe any time to uh, add an additional tax on businesses. A number of businesses in Fort Collins, for example, according to David May, already provide that benefit, and they'll continue to do so. But uh, for a lot of small businesses that are affected, this will be something new that they'll have to pay that they weren't necessarily counting on. Uh, and and just to provide that context, David May is the uh, president and CEO of the Fort Collins Area of Cham- Chamber of Commerce. Um, but Ken, actually, I you know I was I was thinking that you know during the the middle of a pandemic would be kind of the the exact right time to try and uh, you know pass a, a paid family leave um, option if you are in in support of that. Uh, simply because there was a lot of concern early on about you know frontline workers. Um, you know, that didn't have the option of, of paid leave and, you know, were being put in this position to either go to work if they were feeling sick and, you know, waiting for a COVID test results or just taking time off where, you know, they wouldn't get paid and wouldn't have those kinds of protections that, um, that, that, that people that, that have more, uh, I guess, a more generous benefit package would have. Yeah, definitely from the perspective of the employee who needs that uh, that pay during a leave, uh, this is definitely a, would be a good time. Uh, from the perspective of a business that's uh, struggling with revenue because their business is down, obviously it uh, it has a negative impact. So, Ken, what do you think that these two results say about you know kind of the direction that uh, Colorado's electorate has has gone um, and and will be going? Uh, well, uh, it can be seen as kind of a mixed result whereby, you know, Gallagher benefited businesses and uh, uh, 118 uh, negatively 
uh, impacts businesses. Um, so I'm not sure what kind of a message that gives, but I think uh, it says something about the openness of Colorado voters to look at issues, to grapple with, with problems, and be realistic about uh, what the solution might be. Um, uh, you know, in better times, perhaps 118 might have gone over even bigger, but uh, as it was, it, it passed by 50, with 57% of the vote. So um, it, it's just kind of interesting. I think uh, it just speaks to the openness of Colorado voters. That's Ken Amundsen. He is the managing editor at BizWest. Uh, Ken, thank you so much, and uh, go get some sleep. Oh, I will. Thanks, Dan. Today's podcast is brought to you by FMS Bank. Banking made simple with locations in Greeley and Fort Morgan. FMS provides banking that makes sense and makes life simple with personalized financial solutions for business and individuals. Visit FMSBank.com. Lucas, hi. Hello. Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm good. So we are recording uh, on Thursday afternoon, and uh, we have confirmation today about the outcome of uh, uh, one particular ballot measure that you were watching in Boulder on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. So the city of Boulder actually called this um, uh, this race last night, um, and specifically the race that we're talking about is question 2C, uh, which relates to um, a uh, settlement that Boulder and XL Energy, which is the local uh, electric utility, are going to enter in um, that uh, essentially ends a, a decade-long push that the uh, that the city has uh, has undertaken uh, to form a municipal utility. So that effort is paused at least temporarily, um, and uh, Boulder will now uh, re-enter into a franchise agreement um, with XL. And uh, you know, under that agreement, um, uh, the, the the city essentially agrees to to abandon um, you know hopes of, of uh, a municipal utility, and uh, XL has agreed to meet certain uh, carbon emission uh, reductions uh, thresholds uh, between now and and two thousand thirty. So let's take a step back here for uh, you know the people who sure. may live in northern Colorado or people who don't live in Boulder and, and haven't been paying attention. What led up to you know kind of this almost decade long fight between Boulder and and Excel? Yes. So in in two thousand eleven. Um, the, uh, the the city uh, um, decided that it was going to uh, form its own uh, municipal electric utility, and I should tell folks who aren't that familiar with this process, it's essentially a government-run um, uh, electrical company. Um, and the reason why many um, communities in our in our um, area decide to go for the municipal um, utility route is because it provides a, a, an additional level of local control. So if you're a city like Boulder and um, you your city leadership creates uh, some really uh, ambitious carbon reduction and greenhouse reduction um, targets that they'd like to hit in the future, one of the, the ways that you can do that is by kind of taking control of your own destiny and running the utility on your own. Um, so Boulder decided that they were going to do that. Um, and at the time, and this again was in 2011, um, Excel sued the city uh, over the formation of that utility, uh, which never really even got started. The city just said that we were going to actually, we were going to do it, but never, you know, didn't get around to actually um, setting up the utility. Um, the, the argument that Excel made is that city council um, overstepped its authority uh, in the creation of, of this particular um, 
uh, utility. It, it, you know, it, it's kind of a, a long, boring process, but the, the long and the short of it is uh, in 2015, a judge dismissed that lawsuit, um, and that suit was later reversed by the Colorado Court of Appeals, and then the Colorado Supreme Court overturned both decisions, sent the case back to a lower court, and since then, it's just kind of been been bumping around. And this year, um, Excel and the city kind of went back to the drawing board, sat down at the negotiation table, and hammered out this deal that would end all of this legal battle. It would end this court case. Um, it would end at least for now, uh, Boulder's, Boulder's attempt to form a municipal utility. Um, and uh, the, the process that it went through was first uh, city officials and Excel officials met, hammered out the details of this deal. Uh, the details of the deal were taken uh, in front of the uh, Boulder City Council a couple of months back. The Boulder City Council uh, approved of it. And what they approved of was sending the question to the voters. Do you, voter, uh, want to uh, abandon the municipalization push and join back into a franchise agreement with Excel? And the voters approved of it, uh, or at least... Uh, you know, more than 50% of them. I think, uh, you and I were talking before, uh, before we started recording. And yes, yeah, so the, the folks who supported question 2C, uh, were winning uh, as of yesterday afternoon, uh, 53.33% of the vote. Um, so, you know, not super duper close. Um, but at the same time, you know, not, not necessarily a runaway, uh, for, for question 2C supporters. Um, so yeah, so the, uh, the, the, the measure has been, has been approved. Uh, Boulder will now be back in, uh, this franchise agreement and we'll see if Excel can keep up their end of the bargain in terms of their, uh, their carbon reduction pledges. And is there anything else that we are waiting on? Any contracts to be signed? Anything else that, uh, is, uh, kind of like the paperwork once, uh, uh, you know, once we've, you know, gotten uh, all of these um, ballots uh, certified by the the, the county elections board, um, anything else left before you know Boulder and Excel uh, reunite? Um, I, I, I would imagine that there probably is. However, you know, it'll be just you know um, dotting eyes and crossing T's. This was the final kind of major regulatory hurdle um, that that got us to this point. But I will say that uh, by no means. Do, does the approval uh, of this particular ballot measure mean that Boulder will never be able to pursue uh, a municipal utility ever again? Um, there there, there are, are a bunch of different off-ramps that the city has built into its uh, agreement with Excel. So, you know, if Excel does not meet it, these these pretty ambitious um, carbon reduction targets, uh, the, the city of Boulder can terminate its agreement in um, 2023, 2025, 26, 28, 2031 and 2036. So, you know, there's certainly a possibility that, um, you know, that, that, that Excel will meet all those goals. And, and certainly that would be that would be the hope if they could. But, uh, you know, if they don't and, and folks with uh, folks within um, the city are not happy with the agreement, you know, we could a couple of years down the line be looking at the, um, you know, another municipalization push. We'll see. That is BizWest reporter Lucas. Hi, Lucas. Thanks. Thank you. That'll do it for this week's episode. This podcast was produced by me, Dan Micah, with assistance from Lucas High. If you have comments or questions, we'd love to hear it. You can email us at news at bizwest.com, and you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. If you need to catch up on all the news in Northern Colorado and the Boulder Valley business scene, please consider subscribing to us at www.bizwest.com. We can't do what we do without your support. 
Our intro and outro music is The Old RV by Craig MacArthur. And from everyone here at BizWest Media, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.